Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. Good to have you worshiping together in the house of the Lord today. It's a great day, isn't it? I mean, what do you think of all these kids celebrating graduations and confirmations and baptisms and all that stuff? Man, it's awesome. It's awesome. And there's so much going on. I hope you catch some of it. Here's the bottom line up front. This church is not on the retreat. This church is on the advance for Jesus Christ. And we need everyone to lean in and be a part of it because we're going to see God doing things through the rest of this year that are going to blow our minds. And so jump in, whatever you saw, that, hey, I'm interested in that. Learn more about it. Get involved. Be part of what God is doing here. God is doing so many beautiful things. Amen? And we're talking about what David knew, and I'm going to read for you Psalm 25, so I encourage you to open that or go navigate on it on your, your tablet, your, 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 uh, your phone, your watch, whatever you got, laptop, desktop. PC, I don't know, I don't know what you got, but let's look at it together. Friends, this is a pretty long psalm, I'm going to read it for you, but you're going to make it through if you lean in, and as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us through your word, and our prayer today, this hour, is that you help us, so that we're not just getting information, we're not just reading a dead letter on a page, but that by your living Holy Spirit, we can hear your voice and even see the face of Jesus. Help us in Jesus' name. The church said? Amen. Amen. Here it is, Psalm 25 of David. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love. For they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways that they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart. Free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies, how how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me 
Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. This is God's word. We're grateful. Amen. What David knew, we're talking today about that David knew that God is a guide. It's a fitting day for that. All these graduations, all these things to celebrate. It's so awesome to watch these, these young people take a step forward in faith, to watch people get baptized, to watch uh, you know, our fellows graduate out, and from preschoolers all the way to postgrads, we're seeing people take that next step. But even as we celebrate that today, we're also celebrating something else. We're celebrating the guides, because we know that everyone who takes a step forward, they had a guide to help them along. We're celebrating guides and all the guides that have poured into us as a church. We have a lot of uh, mountain bikers in this church. Any mountain bikers? Mountain, mountain biker, mountain biker. Mountain. We've got a lot of mountain bikers. And since I've been here, I've had the privilege to follow along some of these gentlemen down the trail. You know, they're like their back wheel here, my front wheel just like two feet behind. And I'm just following along saying, Lord, save me. <laughs> Keep me alive. You know, and I just follow along behind them. Guys like uh, Joe Sempich. Anybody ever followed along behind Joe Sempich? You'll get praying. You get praying fast. <laughs> Sam Edwards, he's a merciful guide, Sam Edwards. You know the mountain bikers in our church because they've got casts on their arms. That's how, you, that's how you recognize the mountain bikers of this church. And they've got casts on their arms. Isn't that right, Chuck? Yeah. And, um, uh, but, but we're grateful for guides. Well, I usually follow these guys around, but last weekend I had a friend in from out of town. He rented a bike, and so I became the guide. So I wasn't the guy behind him. We're now I'm the guy in front, and he's following along behind me. And let me tell you how that went. We got lost. That's... <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the story. Like, lost. And, uh, but we're grateful for good guides that, that guide us along. And you know what else today? We're grateful for mothers, aren't we? We're grateful for mothers who guide us along, love us on our way. I'm grateful for my mom. Many of you know Nancy Brummett. She's a guide to me, guide to our family, guide to many through her writings and articles. And grateful for my wife, Abigail, and the way she guides our children and guides her wayfaring husband and I even have my mother-in-law Gay is here from Pennsylvania grateful for her role as we're just grateful for mothers and the gift that God has in in mothers amen they, they guide us along and you know what happy Mother's Day to you because this has not been an easy time to be a mom you know tough gig this year but what David knew what David knew was that that God was a good guide what we're doing is in this series is we're finding Jesus in the Psalms of David. So we're looking for Jesus in the Psalms that David wrote. And you know what we're finding him. And what David knew today is that God is a good guide. A good guide. Well, what's a good guide? A good guide doesn't just give you the information. A good guide walks along with you as you learn how to use it. A good guide doesn't just give you the trail map and say, good luck. A good guide goes along with you and helps you along the way. It's kind of like knowledge and then the application of knowledge, which we call wisdom. If you've got knowledge, that's just the first step. You've got to know how to apply that knowledge to your life. You know, to have knowledge without application, it's like having poison ivy cream in your, in your medicine cabinet and you're walking around with this terrible, horrible, itchy rash all the time because you don't put it on. 
You've got to learn how to apply it, right? I love this uh, blog I read a few months ago, and the title of the blog was Why Mentoring is Better Than Asking Alexa. (laughs) Why Mentoring is Better. Mentoring. It's a great book. It's written by a woman named Melissa Kruger, and she talks about how, look, Alexa can do a lot of stuff for you, right? Alexa, hey Alexa, Alexa can tell you some information. Alexa can play a nice song for you, tell you what the weather is outside. But as she says, you know what Alexa can't do? Alexa cannot hold your baby while you cry. Alexa cannot help you get back up after the fall. You know, there's stuff that Alexa can't do that we can do for one another as mentors in each other's lives. Here's what she wrote. In our digital age, it's helpful to remember the importance of real-life relationships and the benefits of older believers in the faith who can offer us wisdom, presence, and pursuit. And if you go read this, you're going to read that she talks about all three of those. Wisdom, presence, and pursuit. We may love the convenience of Alexa, but we deeply need the care of spiritual mentoring. Church, what I want you to know this morning is that that's a big part of who we are. That's part of the DNA of First Presence, what Christ has called us to be. We're called to be guides to one another. We need good guides, and we need to be good guides to one another, walking along with each other, not just downloading information, but walking along with one another. You see, it's not all about what happens up here. It's about you being the church with one another. We've got to restore those connections where we're learning from one another. We're growing. We're walking together through life because mentoring is better than Alexa. Amen? If you don't have that person in your life, I want you to look to the right or the left. I mean, they're, they're in here, and you need a good guide. God is a good guide. God is a good guide. That's what David knew. It reminds me a little bit of that Galilean from Nazareth who had a knack for standing up and saying, follow me, right? You know you're missing something the minute you need it. You know you're missing something the minute you need it. When David became king, he set up Jerusalem and he wanted to set it up not just as the government center, he wanted to set it up as the spiritual center of the people. And so he looked around and said, there's something missing. What was it? It was the Ark of the Covenant, that chest that God had, that that chest that was so special to the people. It was still with the Philistines. And so David said, we've got to get that thing. We've got to bring it up to Jerusalem. Why? It's hard for us to wrap our minds around this, this side of Jesus. Because this side of Jesus, we're accustomed to the idea that Christ has paid for our sins, he's done the atoning work on the cross, we're forgiven, and we are in constant presence and communion and fellowship with God. His Holy Spirit is in our very hearts. We're walking, we are the temple of God. It doesn't matter where the temple is, we're the temple of God. But before Christ, the people of God, they had to look to these symbols of God's presence to train their hearts in the presence of God. And the ark was one of those those symbols And God cared about it so much that he outlined all these rules around it. He said, don't mess with this thing. It's very precious. And only the Levites are to carry it. And when they carry it and move it, they're to put it on these long poles and carry it on their shoulders. And the poles are going to run through these gold rings that are on the four corners of this so that nobody lays a hand on this thing, right? Well, David said, we've got to get that thing and bring it on up here. We need that in the center of our city. So what did he do? 
Well, David, being a new king, smarter than he was wise, right? He said, I got an idea. Forget all that Levite stuff. Let's just send a cart. You know, it'll be faster. It'll be easier. You know, let's, let's Amazon Prime this thing, baby. I need this now. I, need a two, I want it two hours on a drone. You with me? So he sends down a cart. And they put the ark up on this cart. It's rattling along on the way up to Jerusalem. And some of you know this story. The cart kind of hits a little rut or something and starts to wiggle. And the, the ark starts to slip. And one of the guys who's walking along with it, what does he do? Sticks out his hand and he stops it. As soon as he touches the thing, he drops dead. Now, for us, that's really hard to understand, isn't it? What is that? Here's the thing. When you have a guide, you have to do what they guide you to do. You have to trust and do what they say. And what David learned that day is that even if it doesn't seem to matter to me, if it matters to God, it's got to matter to me. So David, he's, he sent the Levites. He said, go and do it the right way. And the Levites went down and they picked up the ark in exactly the way it's outlined in scriptures and they walked steadily up toward Jerusalem. And by the time that ark is rising up Mount Zion and headed into the gates of Jerusalem, do you know where David is to be found? He's right in front of that. And he is dancing his heart out. He's dancing and singing and shouting for joy. Listen to me, friends. When you submit and do it God's way, you find that there is more freedom and joy in doing it God's way than you ever imagined. You're trying all your own ways. That's what David learned. And that's the kind of thing that I think got, got in David's heart when the Holy Spirit inspired him to write Psalm 25. He said, I've got I've to I've share how good God is to show us his ways. David prays, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. Now look at this now. Show me your ways, Lord, teach me. Guide me in your truth and teach me. See what he's saying? He's not just saying teach me. He's saying show me. He's not just saying teach me. He's saying what? Guide me. Walk with me. Be with me as I go along the way. Come, come alongside me and show me how to do this. Be with me. Be present to me. And David knew that that's exactly who God is. God is a good guide. Here are three quick reasons why we can trust God as a good guide. We know that God is a good guide, number one, because you can trust Him with your soul, with your soul. Verse one, in you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame. I put my trust, it says, what I want you to know about that opening verse, that, that last phrase there, I put my trust. That's, that's a little weak from the Hebrew, okay? It's saying I put my trust. What the Hebrew is saying is I lift to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. That's the illustration of putting your trust in God. 
I lift up my soul. I'm lifting it up like I'm lifting up a sacrifice on the altar, like I'm, I'm lifting up something in my open hands before the Lord my God and saying, you do whatever you want with this. Only it's not, it's not something from my life. The word here is nefesh, my breath, my soul, my very being, my nefesh. I, I'm lifting that up to you. It's not just something. Some part of my life that I'm thinking, can I trust God with this? Can I, can I give that over to God? It's not just one thing in your life. It's your whole life. That's what you're lifting up. You're laying it down before the Lord. The altar of sacrifice. You trust Him. And you know what? Sometimes you've got to remind your soul of that. Say, soul, wait a minute. Who do you trust? I put my trust in the Lord. God's a good guide. You can trust Him with your soul. Number two, God is a good guide because his ways are good and healthy. Verse 8, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are, are what, church? Are loving and faithful. Brothers and sisters of Christ, I want, you to, I, want, I want you to underline that today. I want you to underline that in your Bibles. I want you to highlight it. I want you to memorize that today. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. Not some of them. All of them. It's so important. I'm going to tell you why that's so important in just a minute. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of His covenant. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. Why is that so important? Listen, the world that we're living in, okay, the culture that we're swimming in has got a constant drumbeat that is against this truth. And constantly in our day, we wake up, the songs we sing, the shows we watch, the the news that we receive, there's a constant subtext where the world is whispering in your ear, the ways of God are toxic and harmful. Friends, we can't stand there. And we can't get washed out by that. The truth is this, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. All of his ways, all of his paths are true. Look at how this verse lines it all up, 8 through 10. It, you get, you count all these words up. Good and upright is the Lord. If we go back to that other slide, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides them. He guides the humble in what is, in what, is what? Right. So where are we at? Good and upright and right. He teaches them his way, and it goes on. Next slide. All the ways of the Lord are, are what? Say it again one more time with me. Loving and faithful. Good. Upright. Right. Loving. Faithful. That's who God is, and that's what his ways of life are. You can trust God, your good guide. Because the way he leads you is down paths that are life-giving and healthy. They're life-giving and healthy for you. God is a good guide. Number three, God is a good guide because he is patient and forgiving. Are there any parents in the house today 
who are right now in your life teaching a teenager to drive a car? Anybody? Anybody? Hands go flying in the air. Just flying in the air. I see that hand. I see that hand. We just want to pray for you and love on you. You're doing great. I'm sure the driver's doing great, right? But that is a special, special time in life. And, uh, and you know, it, it, when you read this psalm, you just think, ooh, something is ringing in my heart in a particular way. Verse 20, guard my life and rescue me. Amen? <laughs> guard my life and rescue me. Verse, uh, verse 17, relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. You know, maybe just take the whole psalm, tape it to the dash, tape it to the dash of the car. You've got it right there with you. Verse 18, look on my affliction and my distress. And here we go. And take away all my sins. God is patient and forgiving. God takes away all our sins. He doesn't leave us to to linger in the hurt of our own self-destructive mistakes and the patterns of our own sinfulness and disobedience. He doesn't leave us to drink that, that bitter cup. He takes that cup and Jesus takes it to the cross. He forgives all of our sins so that we can be forgiven, redeemed, restored. Look at this, verse, uh, verse six. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love for they are from of old. You've always been like that, God. Don't forget who you are. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. He's saying, Lord, when you think of me, please think of me, and don't put on the glasses of, of seeing everything that I did wrong, everything, every mistake that I made. When you think of me, put on these glasses of your love, of your love, and the forgiveness won by your son, Jesus. St. Augustine preached on this psalm in North Africa a long time ago. He said, Oh God, please do remember me. Not in the anger of which I am worthy, but in your mercy, which is worthy of you. And this, because of your goodness, O oh Lord, not because of what is due to me, Lord, but because of your own goodness. Church, that's, that's grace. You can trust God, your good God, your good guide. He's patient and forgiving. So God is a good guide. He's a good guide. What do we want to be? We want to be good followers, right? We want to be well guided. So real quick, three things that we can do to be, to be good students, good disciples, good followers. Number one, be humble. Be humble. Humility is so key. Verse 9, he guides the what? He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Here's Augustine again. He, he preached, he will teach his ways not to those who want to run on ahead as if they could rule themselves better than he can, but to those who do not strut about with their heads in the air or dig in their heels when his easy yoke and light burden are set upon them. Be humble. Are you humble enough to stretch out your hands 
and be guided forward by the Lord. Like that, that trust exercise, the blindfold on. Are you humble enough to let the Lord guide you? Number one, be humble. Number two, be responsive. When the Lord guides you, are you going to do what, he, what he's calling you into to do? I remember as a young man, I was given some advice. He said, if you ever meet up with someone that you admire, someone that's kind of like, you know, you want to have as a mentor, someone to guide you, been down the road further than you have, you got to do three things with that time. You got to listen to what they say. You got to try what they tell you to do. And then you got to get back to them and say how it went. They say, if you listen to what that person says, and then you try what they do, and you get back to them with how it went, then you might, you might get another lunch invitation, right? Does everybody know that? You know, that's helpful to you in every field. But what does that mean? That's, it's the same thing with God. He wants us responsive. Are you going to respond? When the Lord guides you, when the Lord gives you a step to take, are you going to take it? You've got to listen to what he says, try it, and get back to him, right? You've got to be responsive. Uh, the psalm talks about the fear of the Lord, verse 12 and verse 14. The fear of the Lord, the fear of God. Verse 12, who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. Fear of the Lord. Friends, this fear of the Lord is not a terror to make you run away from God. This fear of the Lord is a reverence to make you responsive to God. It's that reverence that says, you're God, I'm not. And when you call me, I'll, I'll go. Amen? Be humble, be responsive, and then be willing. Be willing. The Lord needs the willing. He can do so much with the willing. And so this, I want to look at this one verse, verse 15. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only He will release my feet from the snare. My eyes, my eyes, your eyes are kind of the window to your soul. They, they attach to your heart. You'll always go where your, your eyes are leading. And if your eyes are on him, then you're showing a willingness, a willingness. I want to follow along with you. My eyes are ever on the Lord. That reminds me of a, a Galilean from Nazareth who used to grab people. I mean, he'd look them in the eye and he would, through the eyes, reach right into their heart and he would say just two words, two words that change their life forever. You know what they are? He would say to them, what would he say? Follow me. One day a bunch of his, his disciples who had heard that call and stepped forward, you know what, they were out on a boat and they were crossing a lake and it was nighttime and they were, Jesus wasn't with them. They left Jesus behind and then they see someone come walking on the water. And the Bible says they were terrified. See, the Bible always tells the truth, you know. They were terrified. What would you be? And here's what Jesus said to them. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, Matthew 14. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. That's a bold test, isn't it? Is that a bold test? If it really is you, hey, why don't you, make, why don't you tell me to come to you on the water? Oh, okay. And what did Jesus say? Come, he said. Come on, follow me. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But... <laughs> 
But when he did what? Saw the wind. Where are your eyes? First of all, how do you see wind? But that's another thing, okay? When he saw the wind, where are your eyes? He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And do you know what the Lord did? He let him sink to the bottom of the lake like a stone. (laughs) And those who were nearby heard Jesus murmuring, I told you. (laughs) Right? No, that's not what he did. You know, friends, believers, even you've walked with Jesus for a long time, sometimes you think that's who Jesus is. Somebody who's waiting for you to slip up and and get your eyes on the wrong thing and and he's just going to turn from you, let you sink to the bottom of the... That's not your Savior. That's not your God. What did he do? Peter said, Lord, save me. What did he do? What did Jesus do? Come on, what did he do? Reached out and he saved him. Said, no, we're not, we're not done. God is a good guide. He is faithful and his ways are good. And, and his ways are right and they're solid and they're true. And they're life-giving, they're healthy, they're good for you. And when he, even, even his ways that, that are across the surface of a lake, if your eyes are on Jesus, your heart is headed toward him, he's in front of you calling, that path, that path is solid and true. It is firm and certain. It is life. And when you falter and when you slip off of it, he's right there to pick you up. Because believers, what we're doing today is we're not, we're not following a list of rules. This isn't a rule book. We're not following a coaching manual. We're not following some recipe that you could accidentally slip up and ruin the whole thing. We're not following that. What are we following? We're following a Savior. We're following a Savior. A good God, a good Lord. We're following our Savior, Jesus Christ, and He is right there in front of you. Right there in front of you. Final verse. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my what? My what? That's Savior, that's Yeshua, that's Jesus, that's God, your Savior. You are God, my Savior. My hope is in you. All day long. From the minute my eyes wake up in my bed to the time that I lay my head on my pillow, my eyes are on you. My hope is in you. Lord Jesus, you're such a good guide. That's what David knew. Somehow he saw by the Holy Spirit he could believe. You're a good guide. You lead us on good paths. They're not always easy, but they're good. And you're faithful to us, and you're present to us, and you're, and you're, you're loving to us, and you're forgiving to us. And, and when we slip up and when we falter, you're lifting us up. Lord, keep our eyes on you, ever on you. Keep our hearts on you. You are our hope. You are our salvation. You are our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray.
Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.